We are so grateful that you are back with us at the Made for This podcast in 2024. It's going to be an amazing year, especially these next three months, because Jenny is going to be talking about all things emotions. And if the word emotions makes you feel something inside, this is for you. And maybe even if it doesn't, even more so, this season of the podcast coming up is for you. So... We are thrilled to announce that we finally get to give you guys the entire book, the entire book to read when you pre-order Untangle Your Emotions. This only lasts until January 31st, but you can join the launch team where we're giving epic things away like tickets to If Gathering and all kinds of your favorite gift cards. We're going to have stuff every single day. You don't want to miss it. So imagine this. You pre-order the book, so you get it in the mail on release day at their lowest price from any retailer. Then you'll get access to the entire book to read it early. Think access to the book and giveaways. That's what the launch team is. It's going to be really fun. We're doing it via text message. So come and be a part. To join the launch team and get access to the book, text the word UNTANGLE to the number 214-225-6267. Untangle to 214-225-6267. And we will tell you everything you need to know about pre-ordering and getting access to the digital book. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Oh, guys, I'm so happy. Because two of my favorite people are here. Woohoo! Sadie and Christian Huff, Sadie Robertson Huff, if you don't know. Y'all, they are just happy people. And it makes my heart happy every time I'm with them. Um, and we're talking about emotions in the season. And they have a book that they did together called How to Put Love First. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this today. I thought, guys, you wrote your first book together. That's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, Jenny. No big deal. No big deal. Christian's a author. It was um it was uh it, for anyone out there who wants to write a book with their spouse, it is awesome, but it is also like marriage counseling. <laughs> Legit. Straight <laughs> up. It was like every time we went to write, we got it we had to work through we had to work through the writing, you know, but it was great. I mean, I felt like we really did get marriage counseling. Our the the lady who was helping us write the book, she became our counselor. She didn't know she was signing up for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing. It was actually awesome. We loved it. And it's been fun to have it out. We've recorded 90 days worth of video devotionals that we're sending out to people uh just through TechStars. So it's become like quite the community thing. It's been awesome. So if anybody doesn't know, the book isn't just about marriage though. The book is about Love. The book is about loving well, all the people in our life, loving God well. And so, yeah, talk a little bit about just y'all's heart to do this. Why do you think this message is so important right now? Well, I feel like, you know, this kind of came about because someone was telling us we should write a relationship book and we were like, we are not qualified to do that. We're four years into marriage. We're learning from so many relationships, you know, um, people like you and Zach. We're learning from y'all. We're learning from our parents, um, all these relationships that are just stood the test of time, right? And we were like, how can we write a relationship book? Well, then uh, my cousin, who's marriage and family counselor, he was like, hey, Sadie, I really think you should write a relationship book. I feel like you really relate to a lot of people. You're just very honest about struggles you go through and relatable. And I gave him the whole spiel. Eh, I don't know. I, I'm learning from so many other relationships. And 
he said, well, what, what if I help you? And I add some of that practical advice from actually helping relationships. So that, well, that would be really cool. So he actually has a part to play in this too. But then as we started writing, we were like, you know, this is so much broader than actually a relationship book between just mm-hmm. a couple. This is like, we need to write a relationship book about how to just be in relationship with people. Because I think in this generation, especially going through COVID, we had so long where we weren't around a lot of people and people don't know how to act around people. Mm-hmm. You know, how do right. you be in relationship? How do I be in community? You desire that, but you're afraid of that and all those different things. I mean, you know, you wrote a book about it. And so I feel like for us, we just felt like, okay, this this is becoming much bigger. And then as we started writing, we realized that every single entry we were writing really came back to your relationship with God. And mm-hmm. so um, if your relationship with God is right, your relationship with people is right. You know, if your relationship ex- if, with God is first, then that overflows into your relationship with people and it brings goodness into it. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's called how to put love first. It's really saying, how do you put God first in your relationships? And it really is not a relationship book for just a husband and wife or girlfriend, boyfriend. It, it's really for everybody about how to put God at the center of your life. Well, I love some of the stories you guys tell. I mean, Sadie, your breakup and and how this was a point of crisis for you where you were looking in the mirror and you're like, I, it's not that I don't like my parents. It's that I don't like my life. Like I don't like where I am. And God really, you drew closer to the Lord through that. Talk just a little bit about how relationships have driven you closer to God. Yeah, it's good. Even well, the broken parts. A, that was such a crazy moment for me. It was so ironic because it was like, in the midst of a breakup where essentially, you know, you lost your love is where I genuinely found love. And um, that was kind of a key point. And even this book is that like love comes before the romantic relationship. It really comes when you meet God and you really meet him as your father. And in that moment, I just felt like I had just messed it up. Honestly, I made so many mistakes and I just felt like I was so far off the path that God probably had for me or called me to. And I just felt like, man, I messed it up. And I think a lot of people, when you're young, you make these mistakes and you think like, I messed it up for myself. I I messed up the plan and messed up my life. I, I did not like where I was at. I, I didn't just feel ugly in appearance. I just felt like an ugly mess of a life situation. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord in that moment, truly, it was like like saying over me scriptures that in some ways I always thought were a little bit cheesy. You know, when people say like, you're altogether beautiful, my darling, or they say, you know, God takes delight in you. I hear these things at women's conferences and I'm like, that's beautiful. But I didn't <laughs> feel that. I didn't relate to yeah. that until that moment of all moments when I felt like I messed it up, that I felt like the Lord spoke that over me, that he takes delight in me and that he finds mm-hmm. me beautiful because he created me. And it was like all these things that I've heard before are becoming true in my life, in my ugliness and seeing the beauty of Christ and the what that redemption actually looks like and what grace actually is and that hope for the future and the old self and the new self. It was just like hitting me maybe for the first time in such a real way. And it truly changed my life. I, I always say this. I feel like I got on my knees that day and I got up different. Like I really mm. did. And it was just the start of really understanding what a relationship with God and grace looks like. Yeah. We're talking this week on the podcast about emotions being a really messy thing and it feeling like we can't untangle it. And yet God wants to meet us in it. This is the unknowns, the mess, the feelings that we don't want to be feeling. God actually wants to meet us in it. And Christian, I loved this quote by you. It says, 
Growing up in the church, I always heard about people being called by God. Like there was a giant cell phone in heaven that he would use to convey a message to someone on earth. If God had called me back then, I'm not sure I would have wanted to answer. It seemed like most of the people who were called got sent out as missionaries to far-flung places around the world. And you liked your life. You didn't really want to follow God in that way. So talk a little bit about just that that idea of calling. Because I do think we all are waiting for God to just say something to us. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely grew up. It's it's always weird to like think back on growing up and even just the you know the thoughts that I would have of the way that I think things should be. I mean, I it, it's it's so weird that I really was so set that if I just was in church then I could honestly just do whatever I wanted to do. But as long as I was in church on Sunday then I was then I was fine. This idea of calling, I think I always just, you know, cuz we would have at the church I grew up at, we'd have you know, missionary couples come up and talk, tell tell stories of stuff. And it was always things that weren't really necessarily local. And it wasn't until honestly, like three years ago that I really had this kind of a, a kind of epiphany with Sadie's dad of, you know, this idea of calling and how can you have your habits, have your hobbies, have your job, have the things you do, and how can you incorporate your faith into that? And And just the coolest analogy just that we always talk about is with Jesus and Peter, when Peter's fishing and you know, Jesus meets him fishing uh, because that's what Peter did. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men instead of, you know, fishing for fish. And Peter, Peter understood what he meant. He, that, that was relatable to him. And just thinking about, you know, Jesus meeting Peter at what, what his livelihood was, he was a fisherman and Jesus met him there and he gave him this ultimate mission. So really just this idea of whatever you're passionate about, whatever your job is, your hobbies, whatever you love to do, that is your calling like that. God put that in you of this is what I enjoy to do. Sadie loves to do things that I don't love to do. And <laughs> I love to do things that she doesn't like to do in those differentiations. You know, how can you use that as your calling? And mm-hmm. it, it might not look like going to Africa or going to, you know, the Middle East to to, to smuggle Bibles or to do whatever. But how can you serve God in your community here? And um, yeah, it wasn't until a few years ago, honestly, that I really understood that idea of calling because I, I always just thought in my head of yeah go into some unreached people group which is which is it a is part of it amazing um, people's calling but maybe not necessarily but if um, you look that's at not billions everything. of people i had someone this week actually come up to me and they knew that i was part of the podcast and they were like chloe do you actually use pros and i was like number one yes I don't talk about things on the podcast that we don't actually love. But number two, I just got a new shipment of Pro's hair care. And I can't tell you enough good things about their made to order hair care. I keep seeing results with the shampoo, the dry shampoo, the conditioner, leave-in conditioner. Every single bottle has my name on it because it was made for me. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. For this last box that I got, I went through all the questions all over again. And so they adjusted my formula just for me. Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Custom, made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. 
Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash made for this. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash made for this for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Talk a little bit about the little class that y'all started and just how rewarding that has been to watch people find Jesus. Yeah, so we started this class probably two and a half years. It was it was really right. It was kind of like middle of COVID. We started this 99-1 class. Basically, it was an evangelism class at our church um, going off of the Gospel of Luke where it talks about leaving the 99 to go for the one. We really wanted it to be a class where people could kind of come into it, maybe that you know don't want to maybe go into the the whole church auditorium, but there's like a little room, you know, kind of near the entrance. And it was multifaceted. It was for people who, you know, went to the service and who raised their hand, but then, you know, didn't really know what to do with their life after that. Here's a class where you can kind of learn more about what the gospel is. Here's, you know, repentance and baptism and all those things. But it's also for the people who, you know, we had so many people come in. We had people come in high and people that came in that didn't you know that that had just gotten out of jail but they didn't want to go into like into the church they wanted just to they were just there but they did not want to go you know into the auditorium or whatever so they would come into the class because somebody would tell them about (laughs) it and um i remember we baptized this one guy named roy who had spent like 20 i think it was like 28 years in prison yeah him and his family started coming to church after that but he did not want to go into the auditorium his wife would go but he would always just stay in the lobby and um, he came to the class and it was, I I, I believe it was life changing for him. You know, cause I think sometimes when you go to church, it can just be just a big machine. It's like, you know, you got all these different services and, you know, you have this crazy life encounter, but then you got to get out cause the next service is coming and you got parking lot craziness and, and all those different things. So I think sometimes it can just become, you know, so quick that we wanted just to create a space where you could stay after church and ask questions we had a whole team of people that here's what the gospel is here's what you know it means to truly surrender your life it's not you know i think sometimes we can just make it all about a moment but it's like how do you try to disciple these people and then so this was like the first steps kind of thing and then there was like a next steps class that obviously i think most churches have but it was really just kind of building that you know the the beginning of here's what you're getting yourself into because i think sometimes like you said you raise your hand or you pray a prayer but you don't understand that you know life is still going to be difficult after that, or you're Mm -hmm. still going to have the same struggles or you're still going to have the same temptations, but here's how you kind of overcome that. And Mm -hmm. I think we're just trying to create more of a basis kind of right on that, right on that starting point for people who Mm -hmm. really don't know what they're getting themselves into. I can't remember where we were, but Zach was talking to you and he came back over to me and I said, oh, what were you and Christian talking about? He goes, I love him. He goes, we were talking about his evangelism class at church. And I was like, I know I've talked to him about it too. It makes me so happy. Y'all reach the whole wide world. You write books, you speak at conferences, you do everything. You run a huge ministry. And I love Christian that in behind those stages, like you're talking about Roy and you're talking about this thing. And I think it's so important for people to hear that because at the end of the day, that and, and say to you're the same way. You talked about your local small group, and I've gotten to meet them. Like this is your, like y'all are so well rooted in your real life. How important is that to you? Like why do you think that matters so much? Because I know you both do. Yeah, gosh, I think that's really everything. I mean, I think it's so 
hugely important when people say to me, like, you know, how did you not go crazy getting famous and all this kind of stuff? Because so many young people do. I always think about how I'm so thankful and so blessed that I wasn't the only one in my family that just randomly went to Hollywood and got famous because honestly, I probably would have, you know, lost my mind a little bit because that would be so hard because it is hard, you know, to live so much in the public eye and have some like many opinions of the whole world and what they have to say about you and what they think you should do and who you should be and how you should act and all these different things. But I have my whole family doing this with me, right? So we all got to do it together. We all had like um, our, you know, conversations behind the scenes on how we were going to be and the people were going to be and helping each other through the heartache and all those different things that we were going through and cheering each other on in the successes. And um, that grounding and that rooting in my family really helped me stay true to who I am and what I believe and a reminder of what I belong to and what my mission is. And I'm just so thankful for that. So same thing now. I mean, you know, doing what we do publicly is a huge blessing, but I strongly believe you can only be who you are publicly if that's really who you are privately. Mm-hmm. And um, I have lived in the past um, whenever I was a teenager, a different way privately than I was living publicly. And it was the hardest time of my entire Mm. life. It was the emptiest, the hardest, the most shame filled, all of those things. And so I'm like, I cannot, I do not want to live a hypocritical life. I love the verse where it says the godly walk with integrity. And I think that integrity is like a huge thing and a huge gift even to walk with integrity in this world because not everyone does. It's so refreshing when you meet someone who you look up to or you learn from and they're the same person behind mm-hmm. the stage they are on. And some of those uh, biggest disappointments, you know, are when you meet someone who you thought was one way and you're yeah. like, oh, wow, you are actually not living that way. So I never <laughs> want to be caught in that that act. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't days that are hard or struggles, but I want to live authentically to who I am. And the people who are surrounded by help shape who we are. The people who are surrounded by help us uh, remember who we are, what we belong to, what we're doing, what we're on mission for, and um, keep us, I don't know, humble and the integrity strong. And, you know, we were just talking before we got on about passion and like what I'm going to talk about. And I'm just so thankful that I think even in those moments, if I felt like it was just on me, it would be so overwhelming, but I have community who I talk through these messages with. I wish wish they could preach it with me because they helped me write it. You know, Um, every message I've ever preached has been a culmination of things that some of my best friends and I are talking about and sharing Mm -hmm. and studying and praying through. And so just super grateful for that. I want to talk about marriage a little bit because I'm curious, I could make a guess which one of you is more emotional? Ooh, you know, you might be surprised. Let me bring you into one of our marriage counseling <laughs> moments. So when we uh, did the minor- well, there's, there's there's multiple emotions. Like if you mean breakdown crying, not me. Well, let me say what I was going <clears> to <throat> say because this, say is, this is interesting information for all of you listeners. You might <laughs> I love not though expect. that Christian had to give that disclaimer. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, when I hear emotional- <laughs> I'm going already. That uh, well, hold on. When I hear emotional, I think of like watching a TV show and like, I need tissue. I'm like, yeah, that would be me. That is not me. That would be me. But however, emotional. So when we did the Myers-Briggs test in premarital counseling, um, it was like the thinking and feeling one. And it was like, you know, you could get to 21 thinking or whatever it was. Christian was like 19 out of 21 feelings. And wow. I was like um, 11, 11, whatever the numbers were, thinking and feeling were exactly the same. And um, it was just funny because our marriage counselor looked at Christian and she was like, so 
whenever, you know, Sadie's not being emotional and you think she might be being rude, she just, that's just how she processes. She right. just thinker. She's not a feeler. And that is so true for me. I've always wow. been that way. I do not cry in the moment. I'll cry later. Like, cause in the moment I'm thinking through it, I'm processing. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I can like remove my emotions and then later I'll sit by myself and cry. Um, whereas Christian can be <laughs> a little bit more sensitive in those, in his feelings and that. And so that was actually something to learn in our relationship. Cause you would think it would be me probably, but, um, I just can get, which is kind of speaks to stubbornness, but I can get like, no, like I'm not crying. I, I got yep, a I relate. moment yeah. or whatever that is. Well, there's yep. a spectrum of emotions. There's like, there is sad, but then there's also, you know, on the, you know, then, then the pendulum swings to there's like anger. Yeah. That, so yeah. I'm less sad, but if Sadie, like, you know, if, if, if I were to sass Sadie and it might not upset her, but if she sasses me, then it's like, that makes me like, I just get frustrated. Yeah. Like not like, emotional. yeah. So it's like, so and it swings. Sometimes that sometimes I'm butthurt about it. Sometimes I'm like, no, that's you're that's not gonna happen. So there's <laughs> there's like, you know, it, it it swings, but I do So do you think do you think for you like that feeling part of you means that you make decisions with your gut? Like that you Yes. I would say, but it's 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 really weird. I I, I even confuse myself. <laughs> We need to read your book, Jenny. We do. <laughs> but I mean, because I am like I do overthink a lot of things, but I'm you always are more emotionally driven. And that that is what we were the like in pre-work counseling, the whole point of that was Christian will probably tend to make more decisions based off of emotion, which is just how he is more wired. I'm going to make decisions based off of more of thinking, which can yeah. feel heartless at times, you know, because it's like, I'm not thinking so much of whose feelings are going to get hurt. I'm thinking this is the best decision in my mind mm -hmm. because of X, Y, Z, where he might be like, oh, well, we don't want to offend. So we need yeah. to make a decision based off of not offending someone rather than maybe what is more practical. So I might be more practical. You might be more emotional, but the but two so, balance each other well because you need both. But it's still so interesting because I'm su I'm such a confrontational person. But yeah. then when I am confrontational. I like get I like get sad about it. It's, it's Jenny's yeah. here like it's okay weird. now you're so our good. thank you Jenny. We have multiple. I think it's times. so healthy. I mean what you know the whole point of the book was that emotions are gifts and they're good things and they actually are meant to tell us a lot about how to experience life and what we're going through. So I don't think it's all bad that you feel all that. I think it's great, Christian. Zach Zach did not feel anything early in marriage and then he learned to feel it. And now I would say he's more emotional than me. He cried wow. all the time. Aw. So it's sweet. You know, maybe yeah. in your old age, Christian, you'll be You'll be maybe, a, maybe, a maybe, maybe, maybe I'm gonna get there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I actually used to not be as emotional as I am now, but I'm glad because I felt like I was, I was more out of touch with my emotions. Yeah. Um, and you actually taught me that it's a gift to cry. Like I remember you telling me, you know, it's, it's a good thing to cry. Like it's, it's a good thing to let yourself feel that. That doesn't mean you're weak, you know. Um, and I feel like that was huge for me. And now I'm, I'm like, I appreciate it when I am able to cry in moments because I feel like I'm in touch with those emotions like this week we were laughing at me because like every reality tv show I watched I just cried like golden bachelor got me man I, I teared <laughs> up on that one we were watching survivor and this girl won that was like not expected to win made me cry and I'm like I'm grateful <laughs> for that though because at one point yeah. in my life I feel like I just would have I don't know why I wouldn't let myself feel those emotions which actually are good emotions to have mm. 
Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last year and a half, I've been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized and ready to take on the day. Each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. Right now, I am trying to simplify just about every area of my life. And so AG1 is just part of that for me. The thought of taking 20 different vitamins and matching pills and protein powders sounds really exhausting. So when I wake up in the morning and I only have one daily scoop of AG1, I know that all of my nutrient gaps are covered and it supports my mental and physical health without a ton of hassle. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why I've partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash made for this. That's drinkag1.com slash made for this. Check it out. We'll figure out why that that was hard for you (laughs) because there's probably a reason. There's probably some time you learned like this is... I, I don't need to feel sad or I shouldn't feel sad. No, you're right. Actually, I can tell you very briefly, there was just a time in my life that was a dark time that I cried so much in. And after that, I just associated crying with such a dark space, you know, and yeah. I felt like I didn't like crying made me feel like, oh, you know, something's bad. This is too sad. I'm not whatever it was. And then I realized as Christian and I processed through this in our early relationship, just something he noticed about me was like, hey, you know, it's actually a really good thing to cry. And I was really inspired by his mom because his mom will just she'll she'll cry with anyone like, man, if you mm. have if you're go if you have a bad day and you're sharing it with her and she'll tear up with you and hug you. And I was like, I want to be like mm. that compassionate for people. Like I want to be someone Well, they'll know I'll cry with them. And I mm. just wasn't that I-, I would hug them and I'd sit there with them, but I wouldn't get on their level with them. Like I wish I would. Cause I think there was something in me going like, don't go there. Cause you've been there. Right. And I think um, now I, I, I can be that person. Like my compassion has grown, which is why when I'm watching something like The Golden Bachelor, I'm so happy for these older people that found love. And so <laughs> I can like get with them on that level of emotion and like uh, compassion for them. So I think I've just found more of the beauty and those emotions that I used to just see as bad or sad. Christian, do you feel like you're more emotional because of your mom? I don't think so. It's funny because my parents are, like Sid just mentioned, my mom will cry at literally everything. And I've seen my dad cry one time in my whole life. And it was when our dog passed away a few years ago. So I, I don't really know. I've never really thought too in depth about it, honestly. Yeah. What, what would you say? I mean, I think I think so. I think whenever I first met Christian, I thought he was so much like his dad because you are a lot like your dad. But the more I got to know you, I realized how much like your mom you are because of that emotional side in you. And you always want to make sure that everyone would be happy and feel appreciated and feel loved in scenarios just like she would. You know, she's like making sure that everyone is always good and wants to make sure everyone's happy and will do whatever it takes to make sure that they are. And you're like that, which is, I think, the emotional driver for you. Well, I do overthink a lot of things. I think my mom is like that as well at times, but it's like I can be like, like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm very confrontational. Like I, I do not mind 
telling somebody what what I honestly think. But then hours later, I'll be like, but was that rude? Or like, should I not have said that? So it's like, it's like, so I have my dad in me of like, you know, like very hard nosed conversational. But then I have my mom's side. That's like, don't hurt I don't want to hurt. Like, like I deep down, that's I really don't want to hurt anyone's combo. feelings. It's a so good it's, combo. It's, it's a great combo to have. Because... But it's difficult to navigate at times. <laughs> yes. But it is. A good well, combo. I remember doing a uh, similar type testing that they looked at my personality and the guy that was interpreting the testing, he goes, do you live in conflict all the time? And I was like, yes, thank you for what, what do you, why, why do I live in conflict? And he said, you walk into a room, into a relationship, into a situation. And part of you is like, I have a wonderful plan for your life and I'm going to fix it. And the other part of you is like, can we just be friends? Like you want to be friends with people and you also like want to change their world. Like yeah, you have both. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it fights all the time. So oh, I relate I'm to that. I'm constantly in conflict with myself for sure. Well, and I think that's what counseling's taught me is there's so many parts of us, right? Like there's probably parts of you that you would say, Christian, aren't emotional. That you're like, you know, I don't cry at movies. I don't do that. But there are other things about you and the way you're made that you do cry. That helps me a lot because I, th- I kind of used to think I'm sad or I'm happy. And I'm, they're like, no, you can be both at the exact same time about the exact same thing. And that blew my mind. Although I know that's 101 and probably everybody knows that. But it just helped me not need to compartmentalize everything so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so true. Well, guys, thanks. This was really, really fun. I wish we were at dinner, but this is a good close second. <laughs> it's a good close second. Thanks for having us on your podcast, Jenny. It's always fun to talk to you anytime we get to. And now we're going to be going and buying your book and working through <laughs> our emotions. <laughs> we'll do some marriage counseling next time we're together. That sounds Perfect. wonderful. We're wonderful. <laughs> Perfect. text Jenny and I and we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can but it's just like such a fun way for especially you guys our podcast fam to ask questions we send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on if you want to join get out your phone you're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267 We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.